If you ever feel like nobody's praying for you, if you ever feel like nobody thinks about you, just know Jesus is praying for me. resurrection power. Well, thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. I would like to share just a little humor. Mrs. Gumbo was backing out of her driveway when she heard a thump. She stopped the car in a panic and rushed out to see what had happened. And there at the end of the driveway was a small dog lying on its side. It was dead. Mrs. Gumbo felt awful. She knew it was her neighbor's dog. Looking very worried, she climbed the front stairs of her neighbor's house and knocked on the door. She waited for a few minutes, and finally a tall man answered. I'm so sorry, Ms. Gumbo said. I was backing out of my driveway just a few minutes ago when I heard a thump. I got out of the car to see what had happened. Your dog was lying dead at the end of the driveway. I'm afraid that I ran over her, and I feel terrible about it. I insist on replacing her. The tall man paused and then said, Well, I guess you can bring me my slippers and newspaper in the morning. <laughs> Some of you are just now getting it, but that's okay, that's okay. (laughs) I thought it was kind of corny, but I I told it anyway. Corny jokes are funny as well. Corny jokes are funny. (laughs) I'm happy to talk about resurrection power today. Resurrection power. Resurrection power. I want to share a scripture over in Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Romans 4, 25 says, Who was, speaking of Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. And this is saying, you know, Jesus was delivered for our sins. He was given as a sacrifice for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. So here's where the resurrection comes in. The door of salvation swings on two hinges. And that is the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. And justification means that we're declared righteous. And so if Jesus had not been raised, we would not be declared righteous. The fact that he was raised, it meant that God accepted the payment. It meant that our sins were forgiven. It meant that the sacrifice was good. And so by raising him, it was God's stamp of approval saying, my people are forgiven, the sacrifice is accepted, and you are righteous. The payment has been made and it has been accepted. And that's what the resurrection means. That's what the resurrection means. If there had been one sin that was not forgiven, Jesus could not have been risen from the dead. If there was one sin that was not forgiven, 
legally he could not have been raised from the dead. But because he is raised from the dead, God is saying, all is forgiven, all is paid. You are justified. You are righteous. You are righteous. And so we have that wonderful freedom to know that anytime we sin, we confess our sins, man, because of the resurrection, he forgives us. Because we're already declared just, we're already declared righteous, we've already been justified because Jesus rose from the dead. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, if he had not been raised, then we would not know that we are delivered from death. If Jesus had not been raised, then we wouldn't know that Jesus had given us power over death. There would be no power over death if Jesus had not been raised. But because he was raised, we know that he's given us power over death. If Jesus had not been raised, we would still be in our sins. The Bible says our preaching would be in vain. Your faith would be in vain. There would be no reason to sing a song if Jesus had not been raised. There would be no reason to take communion if Jesus had not been raised. There would be no reason for us to hold God heal service if Jesus had not been raised. There would be no healing power. There would be no need to pray if Jesus had not been raised because there would be no name to pray in. Because he was raised is what gives us our faith, is what gives us our hope, it is what guarantees our deliverance and gives us the power of everything that is in God's word because he was raised. So the resurrection is very powerful and I'm so happy that we have this time to call our attention to it, to call our remembrance to it because we have to live in light of this resurrection power. And this is what the early apostles, they did. They lived in light of this resurrection power. And that's why they did the work they did, because they were so alive with the resurrection. They were so alive with the resurrection. And sometimes we are lulled to sleep. We forget what's on the inside of us. We forget who we are. We forget what's been given us. We forget who is in us. The resurrected one is in you. The resurrected is in you. And so we forget the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you now. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you now. Man, what a wonderful, wonderful thought that is and revelation that we have to call ourselves to remember and rekindle and live actively in light of. There was an incident that happened. It's a well-known incident happened in England. It's well-known in England. But after the Battle of Waterloo in June of 1815, all of England was waiting for news about the outcome of the campaign. The Duke of Wellington had opposed Napoleon in this battle. And of course, this was long before there was a telegraph or telephone or television or tell a woman. <laughs> so in this time, in this time, they had watchers stationed along the coast to read the flag signals 
from the first returning sailing vessels, from the first ships and boats that were coming back from the war. And it was a cloudy, foggy day, but finally one of the watchers, he spotted a sailing vessel beginning to signal a message. And the message read, Wellington defeated. And then the fog closed in again. And this message was relayed all across England and the nation was gripped by discouragement, fear, defeat. But hours later, the fog lifted and the entire message came through. Wellington defeated the enemy. Discouragement was banished and the nation rejoiced over the good news. And this is the way it was with Jesus. When Jesus died on that Friday on Calvary's cross, the message was Jesus defeated. That was the message. But three days later on Sunday morning when he arose, the message was Jesus defeated the enemy. Jesus defeated the enemy. Jesus defeated the enemy. And so it looked like he had lost. It looked like it was over and then there was fear and discouragement and defeat on Friday. But when he arose three days later on that Sunday morning, Jesus defeated the enemy. Jesus defeated the enemy. Jesus defeated the devil. The Bible says in the book of Colossians that Jesus stripped the devil, that he rendered him powerless. He destroyed him. He has brought him to nothing. And so when the devil is bothering you and stirring up trouble in your life, just remind him, you're stripped, you're beaten, you're defeated, you've been destroyed, you've been brought to nothing. And just start laughing at him. That's the way you handle the devil. That's the way you handle the devil. Well, we walk in Christ's victory over the devil. We walk in that victory. Aren't you glad Jesus defeated the enemy? He defeated the enemy. He defeated the enemy. He defeated the enemy. He defeated the enemy. You know, the devil will try to talk to you. He'll try to discourage you and tell you you're not going to make it. Just say, shut up, you old loser. Just say, shut up, loser. You already whipped. You have a lot of nerve trying to talk to me. (laughs) Go crawl back in your hole. (laughs) And so that's the way we exercise Jesus' victory over the devil. And so this resurrection, man, we learn so much from the resurrection. So we learn our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. We have power over the devil, victory over the enemy. And Jesus also shows us a little bit. He gives us hope for the future. He gives us hope for the future. And so without Jesus being raised, we wouldn't realize what eternal life is like. Jesus shows us plainly what eternal life is like. Now, when Jesus got back, when he was raised from the dead, when he came back, Jesus had fun. He was having fun. And this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus was having fun in the resurrection. He was having fun, and he was showing us what the glorified body is like. He was showing us. He was like, guys, this is a lot of fun. And if you don't believe it, go back and read all the accounts. Jesus was playing games with them. He would show up and disguise himself. And he would put on disguises and show up. They didn't know who he was. And so he would show up. He pretended to be a gardener. He pretended to be a stranger traveling on the road to Emmaus. And so Jesus was just having fun. Jesus was walking through walls. I mean, he was just showing up and saying, boo. (laughs) Jesus was having all kind of fun with them. But he was showing us what the glorified body was like. The glorified body is awesome. It's awesome. He had flesh and bone. He had flesh and bone. He was able to eat, so you can eat once you get your new body. You can eat. 
yet you can walk through a wall. So you can walk through a wall, yet you can eat. How is that? I, I like that. You can eat, but yet you can walk through a wall. So he was showing us the glorified body. He was showing us the glorified body. I had watched some documentaries about the afterlife, and they said that in the afterlife, you'll be able to travel merely by thinking. So like if you want to think New York, you're instantly in New York. You will travel at the speed of a thought in this glorified body. So you'll be able to travel at the speed of a thought. You can walk through a wall. You can eat. And so Jesus was having fun. He was able to disguise himself. He was having fun. Jesus, I just love it. He was just having fun, man. He was on the beach with them. He said they were out on the boat. And Jesus said, hey, y'all bring that fish and bread here. I want to make me a two-piece fish dinner. You know, so Jesus, just, he was having all kind of fun. And so, But he was showing us that there is no fear in death. There is no fear in death. You get a glorified body. You get a glorified body. There is no fear in death. So he shows us that the resurrected life is fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun, the resurrected body. So he shows us our hope of eternal life. So you don't have to fear death. See, we live in light of eternity. We live in light of eternity. We don't live thinking that this is all there is. The little 70, 80 years you live here, we would be people most miserable if that was all that there was. But no, we live in light of eternity. We live knowing that when we take off this earthly body, we put on a new glory body. And Jesus illustrated that. And so that was one of the reasons he came back to show us that we have eternal life. We have eternal life. He gives us his eternal life. We have eternal life in him. We get a glorified body and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love that. I love that. Man, but that's the power of the resurrection. That's the power of the resurrection. He loves us so much. Now, I want you all to understand, Jesus is a man, but yet he's fully God. I want you to know that there's a man in the Godhead. He's fully man, and he's fully God. There is a man in the Godhead that represents us. His name is Jesus. Listen, resurrection is not a thing. Resurrection is a person. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And so Jesus is so powerful, and the life that he gives us is so powerful. But Jesus, even in this glorified body, he was showing the nail prints in his hand. He let Thomas stick his fingers in his hand and so forth. But the nail prints in his hands... The reason he left those nail prints in his hands, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that he has engraven you in the palm of his hands. The nail prints. Every time Jesus looks at his hand, he thinks about you. You've been engraven. You've been engraven in the palm of his hands. He'll never forget you because the nail prints are in his hands. The nail prints are in his hands. You are in the palm of his hands. He loves you that much that he's engraving you on the palm of his hands. Praise God. So he just shows us how much fun the glorified body is. You know, Jesus is the only person who had a will. And you know, when you have a will, a will doesn't go into effect until a person dies. That's when it becomes operative and that's when it goes into effect. Jesus is the only person that had a will. He died so that the will would go into effect. Then he arose to execute his own will. He's the only person. He's the executor of his own estate. 
And so he rose. He had to die so God's word would come into full effect. He had to die so the new covenant would be cut. The new covenant would be made. He had to die for the will to go into effect. But then he got up to make sure everything is carried out that's in that will. He's the executor of his own will. He's the only one in history who execs his own will. Oh, man, he watches over that word, make sure it comes to pass in your life. He watches over every covenant promise that's in that word. He's the executor of his own will, and he's the only one who died to put the will into effect. He rose to execute it. Praise God. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is the guarantor of the new covenant. Glory, glory. Man, I'm just about to shout thinking about that. He's the guarantor of the new covenant. He's the guarantor of the new covenant. He's the guarantor. He's the guarantor of the new covenant. Praise God. Oh, man, I'm so excited about that. I want to talk a little bit about this power, and then I'm done. Well, this is before I get to the power, but it's actually powerful as well. But let me share this. <laughs> I want you to know that in Jesus' present-day ministry, what he's doing today, one of the things he's doing today, he is praying for us. He's our intercessor, and so he's praying for you right now. That's one of his present-day ministry functions. He's our intercessor. He's praying for you. Let me ask you this. If you were in a house... And if Jesus was physically in the next room and you heard him praying for you in that next room, wouldn't that give you encouragement? Wouldn't that give you confidence? If you heard Jesus in the next room praying for you, folks, he is praying for you. He's our intercessor. That's his his present day ministry. Jesus is our intercessor. He's our advocate. He's our mediator. He's always pleading to the Father on our behalf. That's the present day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just wanted to share that good news. That's good news to me. That's good news. He's praying for you. He is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. If you ever feel like nobody's praying for you, if you ever feel like nobody thinks about you, just know Jesus is praying for me. Jesus is praying for me. Jesus is praying for me. Let me share this scripture. This is what I was trying to get to. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. One translation says that I may know him and the power outflowing from his resurrection. That resurrection was so powerful that the power still outflows from it. The power still outflows from that resurrection. That was not a one-time event, folks. That power is still flowing into our lives right now. It's the power that energizes our bodies, our spirits, our mind. It's the power that gives us victory. It's the power that causes us to be delivered. It's the power that makes us overcomers. That power is still flowing in our lives. And so Paul says that I may know him. That's part of the main points of the resurrection. Jesus was raised so that we could know him. He was raised so that we could know him. I recall reading about a missionary. He was in Portugal, I believe. And he was there trying to convince the natives who were serving other gods and they were part of other religions. He was trying to convince them to Christ, but he couldn't convince any of them to serve Christ. And he was traveling with a group of natives and they were going down some back roads and there were no signs on the back roads. And they came to a fork in the road and they didn't know which way to go to get to their destination. And by the fork in the road, there was a tomb. 
of a man buried. And so the missionary said, let's ask this man which way to go. And they, they replied and said, that man is dead. You're not going to get any information out of him. But they said, there's a house right there. Let's go ask somebody who's alive and living, and they'll tell us which way to go. Well, that's the way it is for people in other religions serving other gods. Your God is dead. You can't get any information out of him. We serve a living Savior. You can talk to him. He'll give you instruction. He'll counsel you. He'll tell you which way to go. He'll talk to you at nighttime. He'll talk to you in the morning time. He'll talk to you while you're driving. You can talk to him all day, all night. We serve a living Savior. We serve a living Savior. We serve a living Savior. And so that's a part of the resurrection. That's a part of the resurrection that we have relationship. And Paul said that I might know him. He had the great privilege of knowing a risen Savior, that I might know him and then know the power that outflows from his resurrection. The power that outflows from his resurrection. This power that outflows from his resurrection. I want you to think of it like this. God's power today, it not only raised Jesus from the dead, that power would not only raise you when you die and give you a glorified body, but that power powers your daily life. That resurrection power, it powers your daily life. That power lifts us. Resurrection means to lift. That power lifts us out of sin. The power lifts us out of trouble. Listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10 says, But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. Paul was in trouble, and he said we have a death sentence. And he said the death sentence will require us to trust in someone who raises the dead. When you feel like you got a death sentence in life, you need to trust in someone who has a reputation for raising the dead. And Paul says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves and that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. Verse 10, he says, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver. Notice those three things. He did deliver. He does deliver. He will deliver. Past, present, future. Past, present, future. So God raised Jesus from the dead in the past. God will raise us in the future. And God is powering us right now. That's the resurrection power that we live out of. And so we need to get to the place where every day we need to stop for a moment and say, Jesus, your resurrection power is in me now. I trust your grace for my assignment today. I trust your grace for dealing with my kids, dealing with my coworkers today. I trust your grace dealing with problems. I trust your anointing for solutions. I trust you for energy and vitality. I trust you in my relationships. We need to begin to become more aware of God's power, that resurrection power that is available for believers 
today is for daily living. It's not just that it raised Jesus from the dead. It's not that it will raise, just raise us in the future. That power that's outflowing from Christ Jesus' resurrection powers our daily life today. So we need to be cognizant and recognize it and seek it and wait in God's presence to be filled afresh with that resurrection power because it powers our daily living. Let me tell you what it looks like. Now imagine the power of flowing from Christ's resurrection, lifting our attitudes. Think about the resurrection power hitting your attitude, which means that you can be happy, you can be positive, you can be faith-filled, you can be expectant, you can be joyous, you can be free. That's resurrection power hitting your attitude. Pastor Nathaniel was just telling me the other day that somebody broke in his car and stole his backpack and some of his luggage. And he was almost happy. He was almost grinning as he was telling me about it. He said, man, he said, I'm so happy. He said, in fact, he said, I had about $1,000 in that bag too. He said, I'm so happy the thief got blessed. He got doubly blessed. He not only got my laptop, he not only got all my clothes, he got $1,000 on top of that. He was happy to bless him. He was happy to bless the thief. Now, when I heard that, I said, man, that's a resurrected attitude. That's the power of Christ. That's the power outflowing from Christ's resurrection, affecting and empowering his attitude. So when we let the power of outflowing from Christ's resurrection, it hits your attitude. It hits your love walk. You don't treat people the way they are. You treat people the way you are. It affects your attitude. You don't let the worst in others get the best of you. That's because the resurrection power hits your love walk. It hits your attitude. It hits your marriage. It hits your family. The reason I can love my wife, the reason you should be able to love your husband, the reason you can love one another, because resurrection power has hit your marriage. What do you mean you don't love them anymore? Oh, yes, you do, because the resurrection power, power outflowing from his resurrection powers your love. Yes, you do. You love them. And I'm not taking it back. You do love them. You do love them. You do love them. You do love them. Because there's power outflowing from that resurrection. There's power outflowing from that resurrection. I like something that I think Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, I care not for a man's religion whose dog and cat are not better off for it. He said, if your dog and cat not benefiting from your religion, he don't want any part of your religion. Which means our religion should be powerful at home because of the power outflowing from Christ's resurrection. It affects your attitude. It affects your love. It affects your home, your relationships. It affects the way you talk. When you talk, tap into the power outflowing from his resurrection. You talk differently. You think differently. You act differently. It gives you a different enthusiasm about each day. Gives you a different enthusiasm about tomorrow. Someone said that I'm amazed by how many individuals mess up every new day with yesterday. They insist on bringing into today the failures of yesterday. And in doing so, They pollute a potentially wonderful day. No, resurrection power empowers your enthusiasm. Listen to this verse, and I'm done. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 15 through 17 in the Message Bible says, This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It is adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? What's next? You have an expectancy every day. God, what's next? What is your resurrection power going to do in me and through me and for me? Use me today. You have an expectancy every day. You live every day excited because God's resurrection power is in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you now. And that power is there to make a difference. It's not dormant. It's there for us to live our Christian lives powered by the power that outflows his resurrection. Resurrection power. Resurrection power. I'm going to stop right there, but I just wanted to share those main things that that resurrection power forgives us. It allows us to know him now. It gives us power to live every day, and it gives us hope for the future. God's resurrection power. Praise God. Praise God. A.V., if you can play, I brought a worship song. I just wanted to play uh, just to worship the Lord for a moment. Just listen to the words of this song and just worship the Lord. When Jesus bled, it was for redemption, paying the price for our sin. was for communion God wanted closeness again all of our chains broken on the day he rose celebrate the day the heroes
so much and pray you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day celebrating our risen Savior. And just remember that power that outflows from his resurrection is in you now. And that power not only empowers your life, but it enables you to lift others, to raise others. And you can pray for one another and support one another comfort one another because the risen one is alive on the inside of you. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled Resurrection Power by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7904. That's 7904. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 7904 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brothers of the word.